I'm sure many of you are seeking a career that is replete with hourly sex, drugs, booze, and debauchery. No, not a book critic or a radio producer, sadly. We have your table ready, monsieur and madame. It's the life of the Mater D today on Book of the Day. On Book of the Day, here, uh, triumphant return week for us, and uh, we would not even be able to return if uh, Steve didn't answer his Zoom calls. So, so glad to see you today, Steve Donahue, our book critic there in Hello, Boston. Hello, everybody. All right. Uh, Steve, are you, uh, you're not a big indoor diner right now because of uh you know various uh, virus things so um our book today though deals specifically with those who do like to not you know to go into restaurants yes big ones in the post pandemic days i view going to a restaurant as virtually suicidal (laughs) i don't i didn't really understand it even before the pandemic when you've got 15 different strangers sneezing 15 different things onto your food before you get to it but after i don't get it at all and yet (laughs) it's booming it's gone back to booming i order all my viruses on the side so i can dip but that's just me (laughs) but the key the key about today's book today's book is called your table is ready yes the key about today's book is that pandemic or no pandemic it would still be a book about a lost world a world that none of us are ever going to see yeah it wouldn't matter that we don't go if you don't go to restaurants anymore. You never went to these restaurants. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> this, this the author Michael Chechi Azalina, mm-hmm. I think, or something like that. Yeah, I, no, you're on. Yeah, I, I am not on a first name basis. <laughs> he has been the maitre d at some of the snootiest restaurants in New York. Yeah, places where you could not get a table. No, as an ordinary person, you could not get a table. You could not walk up through the front door and say, "It's a, we're a party of three, we'd like supper. The the guy at the receiving station or the gal at the receiving station would quite literally look you up from head to toe and say, I don't think so. <laughs> they routinely do that. Both of us, certainly. <laughs> Although, <I'm struggling. laughs> I, I have done this once. I have, have done just one time in New York at the kind of restaurant that, that this author would have run uh, what'd, you, what'd you order <laughs> i did my best <laughs> I did my best with the menu there wasn't much to be done with the menu this is the author's stories about the debauchery and the behind the scenes shenanigans at these <laughs> high high profile restaurants places that you would only have ever heard about yeah Raoul's or buzzy o'keefe's or a whole mm-hmm. bunch of other places where there'll be a line outside and you won't be allowed in He tells all of these stories, but it's the key thing, the key takeaway here, (laughs) the key takeaway is that this is nothing to do with food. No. At all. (laughs) This is is entirely about atmosphere and about, you know, did the Mater D welcome you? And did everyone see the Mater D do that? It's... It seems to me that this book is more akin to maybe like a story, you know, once you get behind the swinging saloon doors of the kitchen, that this is more like the story of the doors, like Jim Morris. <laughs> like, this is complete. You don't, well, the, the key and the people who habituate these places will tell you this. You don't go to places like Buzzy O'Keefe's when you're hungry. 
you don't go to be go seen. There. Right. You go to yeah. be seen. You're not expecting that the artistic creations that are put on your plate are going to fill you. <laughs> you're not really expecting that you're even going to ruin them by eating them. <laughs> right. Aren't I a weirdo fat. by eating the food? <laughs> oh, my God. This book is absolutely full of fads. It, yeah. it, it, there's barely an industry more susceptible to fads than the haute cuisine industry. Sure, sure. All of a sudden, it's, you know, uh, seaweed this or locusts or <laughs> whatever it is, whatever whatever fad your chief chef picked up when he was traveling last month and wants to, oh, I, want to I want the people of Soho to savor this. See, isn't it weird in Wisconsin, if we have locusts, we step on them? But in New York, they eat them. <laughs> And they, and they and you know well Wisconsin the, the Midwest just in general I believe is the culinary version of heaven on earth and you would the people the the people the person who wrote this book and the people who eat at these restaurants would not eat Midwestern food for any reason whatsoever yeah so their little children you know ampersand and fire alarm. <laughs> <laughs> Ampersand and fire alarm could be starving to death, and their parents still would not feed them. A, what's it called? Mom, I just want a Mom, hot dog. <laughs> Mommy, why do they call it a sloppy Joe? Well, maybe Joe's house help is out. <laughs> we don't really know, dear. We can't ask him. Right. Why do they call it a sloppy Joe, Mommy? Are we eating Joe? Oh, no, dear. No, no. Actually, we are. We're eating the help tomorrow. From the Triborough area, we don't go afield for people that we're eating. No, no, certainly not. They wouldn't even recognize it as food. And if they did, they wouldn't eat it. Mm -hmm. And the same thing is true in reverse. Yeah. If you manage to, to the, the table seater at one of these places is expecting that you will hand him a hundred dollar bill. Right. Right. They have the special handshake. Yeah. Palm him that. yeah. And that's not to get you treated like a king. That's just to get his attention. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. If you manage to do that and hand him that and get seated at one of these places, you would not recognize the stuff that came to your table. You literally, you literally wouldn't recognize it as food. So in a book like this, a lot will depend on the skill and verve of the author mm -hmm. to bring that world alive for you. And this author is largely not doing that. I was hoping for more humor. I didn't read the whole thing, but I thought it'd be funnier. Like our, our conversation here is three times as funny yeah, today as the yeah. book. And, and also, I mean, fatally for a book like this, you're not a third of the way in before you realize that the author is pulling punches, that yes. the author is disguising identities and not telling his best stories. And you don't write a book like this. If you're not going to tell it, <laughs> if you're going to wallow, you wallow, right? If you're, if you're writing a book like this and you're still protecting the good name of Kitty Carlisle <laughs> or who else, yeah, right. whoever else is up on the upper West side, if you're still protecting your clientele, when you write a book like this, then you shouldn't have done it. That to me is the most interesting thing because I, I was going to wondering if you noticed that having completed it <laughs> is I felt like there was the most interesting thing about the book is the fact that the author is so sickly attached to this world that he can't go all the way. No, he can't. That was interesting. Way. And that's the kind of book you want. You want right. the kind of a book like this. You either want it to be written by someone who is 
has kissed up to these people his yeah. whole life and just been given a pancreatic cancer diagnosis. Oh God. <laughs> or you want the author to have kissed up to these people their whole life and then yeah. had one of them, you know, spit on him. Yeah, yeah. A revenge book. <laughs> right. And he decided, well, I know five different publishers. I've turned them all down for tables. Yeah. I will get them the book that they want. Yeah. Or the weird third alternative would be if you got someone who rose to fame without kissing up to these people. Mm-hmm. And that's Anthony Bourdain, and that's pretty much nobody else. <laughs> right, right. You get a book like Kitchen Confidential, okay, fine. Yeah. But otherwise, no. Yeah. He's still on the clock. He you is. That he's still on the clock. So it's like a cultist. Like, it feels like he may be too far gone. Like, uh, right. he just, you know, but, but he knows it's wrong. <laughs> he does somewhere deep. So there's a the bit yeah. benefit of the book. The thing, you're definitely going to get that feeling. You're going to yeah. go into this thing giving, you give me the, the juicy details and you're not going to get many of them. Yeah. And the ones you get will feel very sanded down. They'll feel yeah. like everybody in on the Upper West Side knows this and that's why it's safe to tell. But the benefit, the upside that you'll get is that uh, Azzolini is telling you stories about an alien world and they mm-hmm. are fascinating yeah. for that. Once you realize that you're not going to get what you know, this the stories you know this guy can tell, once you realize that, he is telling about a fascinating world. And I think, I don't know, from the bit that you read, maybe you agree, my fascination with the world that he was describing was increased by the fact that I absolutely do not want to join that world. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with it. Yes. You know, I picture some poor, wretched creature out there who reads a book like Your Table is Ready, and feels envy. Ooh. <laughs> no, that no, was, no. <laughs> God. People must be out there saying I, I, my whole life's goal oh. is, is to get is to get a table at Buzzy O'Keefe. Oh, yeah. Oh, my whole um, life's goal is to pay $575 for supper. Right, right, for a plate full of bugs. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, interestingly, uh, when I was leafing through it and uh, one of my kids said, Dad, what you reading? I, I yelled across, you know, unironically, a horror novel. <laughs> I felt like that. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not, I don't fall into that category. I craved a brat and a beer. <laughs> I was done with my chunk. <laughs> I, was, I was reading this book. I was, I mean, I, I was reading it as a critic. I was thinking, you know, you're promising and not delivering here. Your prose is a little lifeless. This, yeah. is, this yes. is interesting in a way, but this is not the book that it could be. Yeah. But even so, even though I was assessing it as a critic, in the, the home stretch, the last 50 pages, uh, one glorious phrase was thrumming in my mind over and over and over again. And that phrase, of course, was the greatest phrase in the English language, all you can eat. <laughs> this guy has never heard those words and neither of any of his patrons no smorgasbord no fricassee no that's so sad that's the sad it is existence. it's sad in a way but, and you know it, the, it you know it's it's uh right back at you because a lot of the clientele in this book feel would feel sad about anyone who's strapping on a feed bag at an Arby's. <laughs> oh, oh dear, you don't even, that isn't even a way to live. Oh dear, dear. And ne'er the twain shall meet. Going to a Midwestern chain restaurant where there's a big sign saying there are two big signs at the front. One says all you can eat buffet, 
And the other says, please seat yourself. Yes. <laughs> You're in heaven. You're in absolute heaven. Fish Fry Friday is coming up, ladies and gentlemen. Please. Why would you want to eat anywhere else? Right, Why would you want to do that? <laughs> I believe our uh, esteemed book critic today has uh, somewhat suggested that Cedarburg, Wisconsin might be the garden spot of the world. <laughs> I'll take it. We'll take it. suggested before. That's very true. Well, me and the ladies here, (laughs) two of which might be heading off, you know, (laughs) but we won't talk about that. (laughs) Cheeseburgers, anybody? All right. It's Book of the Day. We've had a wonderful time here, and we will be back tomorrow. Thank you, Steve. Bon appetit, all of you. (laughs) 